Hello, and welcome to episode number 134 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson and Brad Allen, where we run down all the games in the NFL. And guys, I am going to go ahead and confess at the top here, this is going to be a son of a bitch for me. I am uh, very confused as to a lot of these games. Looking forward to your perspective on some of these uh, huge weather concerns out there. And, you know, a lot of times weather gets overvalued and we are talking about weather when we shouldn't, but this is actual real weather concerns that are that are out there. So we'll talk through those as well. Real quick, a brief takeaway from Thursday night. If you were holding an over ticket, I feel sorry for you. 30 points scored at halftime, 12 points scored in the second half. And a game that started out like it was going to be fun. I mean, in the first half, it wasn't necessarily the sharpest football, but at least it was fun. Brett, it turned into a real, real horrible, bad game in the second half. And hey, we had a bad team in the Falcons and a mediocre team in the Panthers. And it kind of played out like that in the second half. Yeah, I'm glad I turned it off at half. <laughs> so you're telling me I missed a lot of bad football in the second half. I woke up to Calvin Ridley injured. Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. What happened last yeah, night? Yeah, it was the the whole game just fell off a cliff. At halftime, it was just absolutely horrible. Brad, you know, coming into this game, I think the 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 advanced statistics, if you looked into them, a little shocking, I think, for some that the Panthers were ranked as high as they were offensively. I mean, DBOA actually loved them as far as offense, 10th overall rated offense in the NFL. Didn't really show up last night. The highest receiver for the Panthers was DJ Moore, who only had two catches for 55 yards. At one point, uh, Teddy Bridgewater at halftime was sitting and he had eight pass attempts in the whole game. Just a really weird, fluky kind of game but the uh the the Falcons get out of there with a win. Um yeah, I think it was a lot of a lot of third down stuff the Falcons just stayed on the field and I think probably the weather affected the the Panthers a bit more. You know, they're a bit a bit more definitely defensively they they're set up to stop the pass. So in the, in the second half when the rain was coming down, the Falcons just controlled the ball, ran the ball and um just shut the game out. So uh, I think, you know, different different conditions, different day, it might have been a different story, but I think the the weather yesterday definitely favored the Falcons in the end. So, guys, we're going to head into to week eight. And as we head into week eight, like we said, you know, one, two, three, four, at least five different games that there are at least decent weather concerns. Three where there are really, really big weather concerns. Uh, this first one I'll talk about here is the Titans and the Bengals. This one's on at least a little bit more of the mild end. We're talking sustained 15 mile an hour winds, gusts up to about 25 miles an hour but when we talk about some of these others this is going to seem kind of mild when we take a take a look at it all a disagreement here between the national kind of books and the vegas books on this game um whenever we take a look this this one has been kind of bobbing all over the place between uh between five and a half and six at the national books. Vegas books have been at five and a half for quite a while now. Um, there is one six over at the Westgate still in favor of Tennessee. But if you look at DraftKings, we're sitting five and a half, six at FanDuel, six at points bet, um, still six at bet 365. So lots of sixes still available in the the kind of you know national books out there. Vegas books all pretty much at five and a half. Other than that, Brett, I'll start with you. 
on this one. Joe Burrow continues to go out there for a bad team and put up good numbers. One of the highest ranked rookie quarterbacks pro football focus has ever ranked. This team, we talked about this at the very beginning of the year, that they might be cover machines and it was going to be really hard to bet against these guys because of the way Burrow has shown as a as a as a rookie with these weapons around him. And sure enough, I mean, they've they've been covering because they're they're fairly decent on offense. It's just uh, not quite good enough overall to win these games outright. Right. But how how efficient is this passing offense going to be in these weather conditions is the question. This is a Bengals team that has thrown 64 percent of plays, rushing only 36 percent of plays. And now without Joe Mixon again this week. I definitely a concern looking at 15 mile per hour sustained winds, gusts of 25 miles per hour. Everything about this looks like Texan uh, Titans advantage. I mean, a mm-hmm. team that we know runs the football well injuries on the Bengals offensive line. I, I'm very concerned about what the Bengals are going to be able to do in this spot. You've also got some unrest in the Bengals locker room complaints about the coaching. What's the culture like there? Are they going to be up for this game? I, I this isn't a game I'm going to touch, but I'm I'm very worried about the Bengals in the spot. Brad, I I saw some people because, like I said, there was uh you know when the sixes were out there, I didn't think people were figuring that there that this thing was going to go off of a six. If anything, go the other direction. So I had some people talking about maybe playing the Titans in a teaser leg, basically getting it down to a pick 'em, and then all the Titans have to do is win the game. Um, I don't I don't think I'm going to be playing this one either, but I do agree with what Brett said. It seems like, if anything, it should lean more towards the Titans when you take a look at how this team is built and what they really want to do, which is pound Derrick Henry 30 times into the, you know, into the line. And if the game is going to have some unfavorable passing conditions, it seems like everything's coming up Titans. Yeah, so I, I, unlike you guys, I've bet side and total in this one. So I like um, it. So... Yeah, the the under, uh, you know, with, without the weather, I would have bet this one way over. But just, I think in the last 10 years, when there's winds over 10 miles an hour, and we're, we've got a lot more than that here, mm-hmm. I think the under is 55%. Um, so, you know, you, you, you simply can't complete deep passes when it's 25, 25 miles an hour wind. So, mm-hmm. so I was happy to have the under there. Um, and then, as you guys said, that it is just a complete mismatch. If if this game is going to be about running the ball, like you've got the, one, the best running team in the league against the worst running team in the league and the mm-hmm. Bengals just cannot stop the run anyway. Um, they're also missing those two offensive linemen or expected to miss them. So yeah, you can you can try and drop Burrow back forty two times like they've been doing each week, but if if he can't if he can't move the ball through the air, they they cannot run the ball. They cannot yeah. stop the run, and the tit- the Titans love to love to run the ball. So it just seemed like the the like like I spoke about on Thursday night, the the conditions here are just going to perfectly favor the Titans in my view. So I I laid five and a half. Yeah, same same with me. This is a Titans or pass, and might end up. It'll certainly be a contest play for me. I'll probably be, I'll be on the the Titans in this one, um, and and probably you know if 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 this in, things in, ends up in my account, it'll certainly be on the Titans. Let's talk about one of the ones that I don't know if we're going to have a ton of analysis on here, but it's the Jets and the Chiefs. Uh, this thing opened where the Chiefs uh, look ahead line. 21, 21 and a half point favorites. Yes, a full three touchdowns. We are now sitting 19 and a half consensus really across the board. DraftKings, FanDuel, points bet, uh, MGM, all sitting at 19 and a half. Really, the only thing we're looking at, there is a slight difference in the total. You can find 48 and a half if you want it. There's 49 
out there as well. Um, Brad, you look at this and you say, hey, these are still two NFL teams. These are still NFL players on the Jet side of the ball. And yet, you look at the 19 and a half and you go, eh, 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 maybe, you know, I mean, like you kind of start to go, eh, maybe. Uh, how do you see? Can, can, I'm not going to say, do you think they can win? They can't win. I will. I will. If you want to bet the Jets to win, I will book your action. But um, but uh, they, they, they cannot win this game. But can they keep it within three touchdowns is the question. Uh, so I'm not involved, but I would definitely lean the Jets way because as we've been talking about all season, the, the Chiefs are still in preseason mode, essentially. They're still just testing what works. They're still showing half the playbook. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, they can be up 20, 24 nil at half time, And I, I would still say the Jets are, are favourites to cover at that point because... You know they're they're, they're still playing. <laughs> we, right. you know, we saw last week they're still they're still playing hard-ish. For, you know they're still NFL players, professional players. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have a strong view, but I I just think the Chiefs just do not care at all about this game. And um, yeah, I just think they're going to shut it down as soon as they as soon as they can, and, and that obviously favors the Jets. Yeah. So Brett, I weirdly, I, there's no way I'm going to be able to put a Jets ticket in my account just because who wants to be holding a Jets ticket and you sit there and you're just like, Oh my God, I have to sweat this, this team. And you're not even sweating them scoring. You're basically praying that the chiefs pull off the gas is essentially what you're praying for. Um, That's why I kind of looked at the total in this game. Right. I mean like 49, how many points are the Jets going to score in like in the best case scenario? I mean, 10, you know, I mean, like, like, I mean, like 10 points, like best case scenario. So do, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I was looking at the total and just wondering is 49 too much because we were, we, we literally asked the question last week. I mean, seriously, how many points are the Jets going to score? And and we said this the week before, how many points are they going to score? They scored 10 the, the week, last week. They scored zero. They shut out the week before that. I mean, like literally when we ask this question, the answer is always 10 or fewer points. So I don't know, man, do you, do, do you think that the, the chiefs score enough on their own to where, you know, this total could be in jeopardy? Yeah, I guess you're right. You're kind of hoping that the the Chiefs hit the brakes and allow the Jets to just, I mean, that they just sit back and allow the Jets to just, you know, get intermediate passes for the entire fourth quarter. Then maybe the Jets will be able to score some points. I do like the Jets here, though, quite a bit. Uh, History shows us that the massive favorites haven't fared well in these spots. And I think there are some predictive predictive elements in play here. Just it's just natural for athletes to get get up for some games and play down to competition in others without giving a full effort. So I do think, especially on the defensive side of the ball, the Chiefs will give up some yards and points to the Jets late if they're up by two, three, four scores. I'm also curious about load management here. Like, does Kansas City care enough about this game to win by 20 right. points? Do we see Mahomes for all four quarters? There's just no reason to leave him in the game if you're up by 24 late. And that's what you need if you're backing the Chiefs here. So I, I really like the points here for the Jets. I'm curious to see if this climbs. I mean, it was open to 21. It's down to 19 and a half. Will this get back to 21 as we get closer to Sunday? Uh, probably here's the other thing about this. Like I, I am agreeing with everything you guys say. I mean, I, if you're Andy Reed, if there was ever a game to be like, okay, let's get Let's build the lead and then go ahead and just make sure that I leave this game without any sort of any serious injury or anything. Then this would be the game to do it, which also weirdly led me also guys to there's a, there's a prop on DraftKings like Sam Darnold's pass prop is sitting at 215 yards. And like, 
it just seems to me like there is a very high likelihood that he might get nearly a full quarter of gar- like a, a basically garbage yards, right? Like a, almost mm-hmm. an entire fourth quarter of just kind of being able to chip the ball, chip the ball, chip the ball down the field. And so uh, I don't know. I, I almost put the over 215 and a half and I'm not ruling out that I would put the 215 and a half in my account on, on the, player prop for Darnold because I just think again like you guys are saying I think it's just one of those situations where the Chiefs get up four scores and then the Jets are just kind of able to dink and dunk and dink and dunk like we said and and the Chiefs aren't really too much too too worried about it so something to keep in mind if you like to play player props out there I don't know what do y'all think yeah no maybe yeah I'm yeah. with you that's kind of how I see it playing out I think the Jets are actually able to move the ball here late in the game and maybe score some points. That's why I'm kind of leaning the over too. Uh, Rams worth and on, what's that? Sorry, is that worth keeping on Crowder? Um, because mm-hmm. I, I think he's, he's questionable um, and probably a game time decision. And without him, it, it gets quite thin quite quickly for the Jets. Are you That's not a Denzel yeah. Mims believer? Are you not a, uh, <laughs> I mean, we'll, uh, we'll see him out there for sure. Uh, all right, let's look at the Rams and the Dolphins. Of course, the big news in this one is this is going to be the debut of Tua Tagovailoa. And if you have been watching what the rookie quarterbacks we just mentioned, talked about Joe Burrow a little bit ago, if you've been watching Justin Herbert as well, you understand why the Dolphins are making this move. Because if these two teams have what they have in their rookies, the Dolphins want to know if they have what they have in theirs. So this is why we are seeing two attack of Iloa and with the line, it is not really affected at all coming off of Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Rams three and a half point favorites on the road. There are threes out. You can find a three guys at FanDuel, a flat three on the Rams, a total of 46. There's a 45 and a half at bet MGM. Brett, I'll kick things off with you in this one. Um, Tua, if he's anything like what we've seen in Herbert and Burrow, not really that big of a drop-off between him and Fitzpatrick then at that point for the Dolphins. We know the Dolphins actually have a few playmakers as well. We saw that with Fitzpatrick under the under center. They've been able to score points. They've been able to move the ball. Do you think this line is disrespecting the Rams, or do you think it's fair fair considering that the Dolphins have been who the Dolphins have been so far this year? I think it's pretty fair. I've been really high on the Dolphins all season. I would have loved to smash Miami in this spot mm-hmm. coming off the bye, facing a Rams team, coming, you know, traveling across the country, and they face one of the softest schedules in the NFL. So the Rams probably aren't as good as the market is is telling us here. And now Miami with the QB change, I I don't know. A lot of uncertainty about, about what this offense will look like with Tua under center. Is there a drop-off from Fitz? I have no idea. So it was a difficult cap from that perspective. The good thing is they've had two weeks to prep for this game on, uh, but I, I don't love that they announced the two would be starting when they did. Why, why not announce it this week? Like why, why give, why give the Rams an opportunity to, to prep for Tua? That doesn't make any sense to me. So I don't know. I, I don't think the Rams are as good as, as some of these metrics show in Miami. Again, I, I'm I'm really high on this team. And I don't think the market is is accounting for how much they've improved since week one. So I tend to lean Miami here, but it's it's really tough not knowing what this offense will look like with Tua. Brad, we've got a Miami team from a defensive standpoint. Uh, Pro Football Focus has them ranked out at like 16th when it comes to pass rush. I mean, look, hey, 
middle of the pack is pretty good in today's NFL to be as, as far as pass rush. If you look at their defensive DBOA rankings, which I think a lot of people maybe would be it would be kind of under the radar, the 14th best overall defense. And if you're going to be bad at one thing in today's NFL and be good at the other, they're on the right side of that. They're 32nd when it comes to run defense, but they're sixth overall when it comes to pass defense. And so this defense, I think, may be a little bit under the radar again, especially if you're good at pass. De- you want to be good at pass defense and bad at run defense if you if, if you could pick between the two in today's version of the NFL. So they're on the good side of, of being bad on one end. Um, and again, I, I don't know. I, I have a little bit of bias because I just watched so much of Tua in college. Like I, you know, I'm an SEC guy, an LSU guy. So I just t- saw a ton of Alabama football. If he is if he is what they thought they were getting in him, if this injury has not made him, which I can't imagine them turning him loose here in week eight, that they're worried about this injury because, uh, you know, there's there's no reason for them to have played him otherwise. Um, I, I think two is going to be fine. I think this offense is going to be fine and there'll be rookie mistakes. He's a rookie, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I think this Miami team is going to be fine. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. So I've never seen Tua play. I don't mm-hmm. really watch much college football. So you would know a lot better than there. I, I would probably trust the team though. You know, you, mm-hmm. you can often learn a lot just by sort of reading into the team's actions and you, you hear a lot of positive vibes coming out of that camp. I don't think they would have benched Fitzpatrick because he was playing so well. So they, you know, they, they must think he can come in and win games because you, you don't want to lose the locker room, you know, even if you are building for the future. Um, and Fitzpatrick was playing well. So this early down success rate, uh, talk about a lot. I've got Miami, the best team in the entire league, 54.7% success rate on, on early downs, um, non-garbage time. That's second is Green Bay, third is Seattle, fourth is yeah. Tennessee. Wow. So, you know, wow. they're ahead of real powerhouse teams and they've gone and benched the quarterback. So I feel like that has to be something of a drop-off. Like you're not going to come in mm-hmm. and run the most efficient offense in your first start. Um, and then the other thing... I think the matchups probably favor the Rams here. Um, so, so as you were saying there, Matt, they're awful against the run, good against the pass. But the Rams are the run heaviest team in the NFL. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to come out and just run all day. They'll happily do that. And then they attack you over the middle uh, rather than at the corners. Again, that's where Miami's strong is, is cornerback depth, which is not necessarily where the Rams want to throw the ball. So I can see them moving the ball quite well. And then defensively, or offensively for Miami, I think Fitzpatrick was covering up quite a lot of warts on that offensive line. So so they're they're about mid-pack by sack rate, but if you actually look at ESPN's pass block win rate, um, so that's just whether they win their block for two and a half seconds, they're 30th in the NFL. So I think Fitzpatrick was just getting out quick before he could get hit. We don't know if Tua can do that, to be honest. And, you know, with Aaron Donald in his face, that's a question. So, um, yeah, arguments to be made both sides. I'll probably lean Rams, but I haven't bet it just because of the uncertainty. Yeah, same with me. I, I actually, I probably lean Dolphins, but this hasn't made my account and probably won't if we're talking about just a straight bet on this game. Uh, real quick, guys, you know, we've been debating what home field advantage means in 2020. Uh, limited limited to no fans in the stands, depending on where you are. Um you know, and I, I've been this advocate that home field advantage means far less than people give it credit for anyway, because the luxuries that these the, the whole whole the whole thought of home field advantage came about when traveling was such a bitch on all of these teams and stuff. But now these things are billion dollar run organizations and everything is fine tuned and honed down to the very last minute. And uh, pro football focus actually came out in 2020 so far. 
They are valuing home field advantage at 0.2 points, if that tells you anything as to what home field advantage means in 2020. So less than half a point as far as uh, 2020 goes. And so, you know, that's not gospel. That's not, you know, that's not written in stone, but that's at least something by very smart guys that are out there, you know, as to uh, what home field advantage means less than half a point in uh in home field advantage colts and the lions lions two and a half point to three point favorites you're going to find three at DraftKings. you're going to find two and a half at FanDuel. two and a half at points bet you can find two and a half at bet mgm as well a total of 50 brad um I'm going to start with you here because Brett and I are always much higher on the Lions than we should be, although it's paid off the last last couple of weeks for us. Uh, Lions, you know, starting to show a little bit of signs of life. Now, they were gifted that game last week, no doubt about it. But, um, you know, a win's a win. It goes down to a win in the win column. Uh, the Colts coming off of a bye, which maybe was a much needed bye to kind of get things back in order with that team. Two and a half, 50. Yeah, a tough one. So like you, I was on the Lions last week, but I had first half, so I, I didn't even get to enjoy any of that, uh, <laughs> that in-game shenanigans, just just a straight losing bet. Um, and I was I was infuriated watching that um, because Stafford was going, about midway through the third quarter that Stafford's going at 10 yards per attempt and they've run the ball on early downs for like two yards an attempt, the same amount. And it, it's just... It, it's so frustrating yeah. watching this team just hamstring itself. And I think, so th- this is probably the biggest angle for me is that you have, you've got Matt Patricia on one side just doing moronic things. And then you've got, what uh, I think, a very good coach in Frank Reich with coming off the bye, who has, you know, he, 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 I just think it's a huge coaching mismatch with extra time as well. Mm-hmm. So if Patricia is going to be running running Adrian Peterson into the line, that's that's the wrong way to attack these Colts as well because we know they're stout along the D-line. We think they're going to have Darius Leonard back, last I saw. Um, so again, that, that helps them there. Um, and then when the Colts have the ball, A, you know, I do think they'll, they'll have some nice plays cooked up ready for these Lions team. Um, we've also, the Lions are also still sort of bottom five pass rush and, and the Colts offensive line should be relatively healthy and, and quite good. So I, I can see them moving the ball um, so I think Colts minus two and a half, I think it's probably quite cheap, you know, especially given mm-hmm. what you're just saying about road field, and road, <laughs> home field or, or lack of. So, um, yeah, I think Colts minus two and a half, minus one, one, five is, is probably a fair bet. Brett, my initial lean here, you know, I tease games, my initial lean, I'm getting two and a half with the Lions. I want to tease the Lions to up to eight and a half, but then something has kept me from doing like this would have auto this normally would have already been in my account. This would have been an auto bet already. Why is, I don't know. You tell me, are you still on the lines here? Are you still bullish on lines? What is keeping me from putting this in my account? Why can't I take more than a touchdown? Why can't I take more than eight points with the lines in this game? Something just feels off to me about this one. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not loving the lines in this spot either. I capped this at Colts minus three. I thought that was a fair number. So now that it's off the three, I definitely lean Colts. Um, the question, the question is, is whether Philip Rivers can pick apart this Detroit secondary. Mm-hmm. Like, has Rivers been great this year? No, but he's still top ten in the league in yards per attempt. He's had a couple of weeks to prep for this matchup. Like Brad said, they're playing indoors. I, I just don't see Detroit stopping this offense. They, they, they can't. I don't think we've seen the best of the Colts offense yet. 
I certainly hope we haven't because <laughs> they haven't been all that great. Uh, but yeah, I think this is a, a pretty good sell spot for the Lions coming off two straight wins uh, against a team off a bye. That's you know like they've had time to to prep for the Lions here and. It, Coaching matters, like Brad said. You know, it's Reich against, well, it's Reich against Daryl Bevel. The Daryl Daryl Bevel uh, run first offense is not going to work here when you've got Matt Stafford. I, I, it doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I lean Colts here at two and a half. I know. I don't. Same. I, I just I don't want to bet the Colts. I just don't. But this game just seems very. Very weird to me. I mean, this Colts team has not been able to get anything going with T.Y. Hilton either throughout this entire season. And so you'd like to think that that extra week off, maybe they're trying to figure out how to get the ball in his hands more, get a little bit more, you know, get a little bit more production out of him. This season has been pretty bad. I mean, you're looking at a DBOA offense on this Colts team that's way down it at 22nd overall, 20th with the pass and 21st with the run. So, I mean, you were talking not, they don't even do any, they don't do anything. Well, really, you know, from an efficiency standpoint. And and so uh, maybe this week off was just what the doctor ordered for, for this Colts team, which is why this game probably it was, it would be Colts or nothing uh, for me, <clears throat> which is crazy. Cause I can't believe that I would be saying that at this point in time. So let's get into one of these games. It's going to be a weather situation, Patriots and the Bills. Uh, Brett, you know what's going to be going on up there. We are looking at sustained 20 mile per hour winds. We are looking at scattered showers. We are looking at it being pretty cold. It's going to be in the 40s. There's going to be gusts of winds up to 30 miles an hour. So real life bad weather uh, in this one. And um you know, you're, you're living there. You're, you're, you're going to see it. So what's it like now? Is it, is it bad there now? Or is it just like, is it something that's supposed to roll in by Sunday? And, and how do you, since you actually are on the ground, I mean, how bad does the weather get there? How miserable does it make it for these guys? Like, is, is this being overblown or is 20 mile per hour sustained with 30 gusts? Like, is it actually going to be miserable? Oh, it's a real thing. It it gets ugly in that state. I, mean, I I just looked outside and it just it just started snowing as we got on the podcast. So it's already it's on the way. Um, yeah, it's gonna be ugly here. And situationally with the weather, I I don't love this for Buffalo. Like this team's been this team's been a sieve on the ground all season. Twenty sixth run defense DVOA, twenty sixth run defense EPA. They've really struggled stopping anybody on the ground. It's been this way for a while. The question is, can the Patriots scheme a win with the run game? And they've actually been quite good running the football when they incorporate uh, a nuanced rushing attack with Cam Newton. And I think they're going to find success here against a young group of Bills linebackers that are talented, but still learning how to diagnose plays in real time. And then, you know, you add designed option plays out of the shotgun with Newton. And I think they're going to have success. And you're also getting Cam Newton back into what he's, done best for his entire career I mean this offense has been terrible the last two weeks because Cam's been sitting too long in the pocket against blitzes with nobody to throw to so don't let the Bills attack when you don't have weapons to make plays they're going to be without Julian Edelman probably without Nikhil Harry there's nobody to throw the ball to for the for the Patriots so I think they're going to be able to run the football in really nasty conditions and on the other side of the ball the Bills this is the worst rush offense in the NFL according to DVOA They've been they've been successful when they can unleash Allen and Steph Diggs and John Brown in this passing game, but that air attack has been absent in recent weeks, and they don't have a run game to balance out this offense. So, as a Bills fan, 
I'm extremely worried. The Patriots always come in here and leave us disappointed. And as bad as this team has been this year, I, I think they might do it again to us this week. I like the Pats plus three and a half plus four. And I actually think they're going to win this game. Oh, look at that. All right, Brad. So we have the, uh, we have the, the downtrodden bills fan. There is, and that's his, <laughs> that's his point of view. Again, no Julian Edelman doesn't look like Nikhil Harry's going to be out there. We are talking Jacoby Myers. We are talking Demir bird. We are talking a whole bunch of wide receivers that have never had any success in the NFL at all. Um, it might not matter because the weather conditions might make it to where you can't pass the ball really anyway. How do you see this thing kind of playing out with the the Patriots catching four points with uh with basically no offensive weapons at all? Yeah, I mean Cam might pass for like fifty yards in this game because yeah. <laughs> can you see them throwing the ball? I just I know. don't know why they would. They, they I think it's going to be as uh, as you say, just you know run run on all four downs and just go up and down the field like that pistol and you know all sorts of option stuff, mm-hmm. um, which. So that probably makes that probably does make the four points valuable. I mean, I, I, I think the under is probably my favorite bet here because mm-hmm. I think that's the way the Patriots are going to play, and that that's just going to be clock moving the entire time. Um, I thought it, it was interesting. Like Cam looks like he's lost the ability to throw the ball. Whether he's injured his foot again, like he had before, whether it's COVID leftovers, you know, we, we still don't know exactly how that affects people long term. But so for the first three games, uh, New England ranked eighth in offensive EPA, and then. In the last three games, they are dead last in the entire league. Um, so, it, as I say, it might, it might be those two things I just mentioned. It might be that people now just have it on tape a little bit. You know, they've seen, obviously, they came out week one and they were running all these options stuff and it was a new offense and it took the Dolphins by surprise. But it might just be it's on tape. So, I don't necessarily see the Patriots having that much success either. Um, but as you say, these bills are built to pass now and they're probably not going to be able to pass either. So, I, yeah, I just think, Neither team's going to move the ball. You're going to see a lot of moving clock, a lot of running. Um, and I think under 41, even though it's obviously depressed, I think it's still quite valuable. And I think it might go off 39 if, if this weather stays. If it stays right. as forecasted, it, go, it's, it goes off in the 30s, I think. And and Brett, the, correct me if I'm wrong here, but from what I gather, like, so weather, weather is finicky, definitely. But from, from what I was reading from some of these guys who are much smarter than me when it comes to weather, like, Buffalo weather tends to kind of play out like it's basically like if you like forecasted, it's not like one of those things where sometimes Sunday looks like it's going to be absolutely miserable. And then you wake up and what do you know? The skies have parted and it's like absolutely gorgeous outside and there's no wind at all and whatever. Like they were basically saying, like, when we're this close, we're only two days out. Like typically what what is forecasted tends to come into play. Yeah, we talk about predictive a lot on the show and Buffalo weather is as predictive mm-hmm. as it gets. It's going to, it's going to be nasty on mm-hmm. Sunday. It for sure will be, it, it, will it be as bad as they're saying? Maybe not, yeah. but we're still looking at, I mean, it, the, there's going to be sustained winds. There's going to be high gusts. Mm-hmm. So that's going to play into this game a lot. And that's why I'm worried because Josh Allen in those types of conditions is worrisome. Yeah, <laughs> definitely as a guy who just likes to fling it. So, yeah, I just I like the Patriots. Cam here. Newton 194 and a half is his passing prop. Keep wow. me from betting the under on that. Like, <laughs> like keep me from betting nope. the under on that. Then rushing props. Josh Allen 35 and a half, Cam Newton 46 and a half. Keep me from slamming the over on both of those guys. Like 
Josh Allen's going to run for 60 yards in this game. Cam Newton's going to run for 60 plus yards in this game. Those numbers will not be at 35 and a half and 46 and a half come Sunday. I can tell you that. So if you like them, go ahead and take the overs on them now because those numbers are going to, the only way they're going is up. There's no doubt about that. Um, let's take a look here at another interesting one that is going to be de- uh, really, really, I mean, heavily impacted Raiders and the Browns. So we're talking rain. We're talking 25 mile an hour sustained winds. We are talking gusts up to 40 miles an hour. This is going to affect the kicking game. This is going to affect the passing game, even the intermediate path. Typically, we talk about the deep passing game when we're looking at like these 15 to 20 mile an hour winds. Now we're talking 25 sustained with 40 mile an hour gusts. This even starts to affect the intermediate passing game as well, which like you're talking like, you know, the 12 yard passes can even be affected at this point. Uh, field goals. We're not going to get any attempts of field goals longer than, you know, 40, 40, 45 yards, something like that with the way things are going with, with this. So, Brad, we're entering this as the Browns as two and a half point home favorites. And shockingly, a total still sitting at 50 and a half in this game with everything that I just mentioned about what's going on. That seems to be the thing that's sticking out to me the most. Yeah, that's that's too high. Um, I'll, I'll bet under there as well. Um, and, you know, if the, if the forecast changes, you'll have to get out of it and mm-hmm. you might pay a bit of juice and whatever. But. If you if it doesn't change, which you know forecast pretty good nowadays, then you've got I think you've got a hugely valuable bet. Um, also backed the Raiders here. Uh, I think they're quite undervalued. Um, you know, it was just a couple of weeks ago that they put up forty on the Chiefs, and everyone was talking about, oh, here, here they are, and that that was when they had Trent Brown and Henry Ruggs on the field, which they they will have here. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, Ruggs should go in it, and Brown. I think it looks like he'll be back from that that COVID stuff. So obviously, and I, I think you can kind of forgive them last week, especially. So it, it was twenty four twenty in in the like late third quarter, fourth quarter against the Bucks. Um, obviously the, none of their starting offensive linemen practiced a week and then two more went out during the game. One was kicked out, one, one got injured. So they were down to, I think their third string left tackle at one point, which is the last thing you need against the Bucks. Um, so the, the, the offensive line should be healthy here. And we know a, that Derek Carr likes to throw short anyway. So he mm-hmm. finally gets his wish. John Gruden just goes, yeah, a lot, just go and throw it short. Like you always do pal. That's what we need from you today. And then with, with a health, healthy offensive line, Trent Brown is huge for them running the ball. So I can see them moving the ball effectively. Um, and then I guess on, on the Brown side, what they obviously they like to run the ball as well, and that I can see them having a lot of success. The Raiders don't really stop the run well at all. Um, but then off off the run, they then they then like to throw play action and, and throw deep, which they're not really going to be able to do. Um, so I think that kind of takes away the, the potential edge they had there. So I, th- I think you've probably got very two very equal teams, and I would probably say the Raiders' offense is better. Um, and just this this line suggests that Cleveland's better. So I, I thought shade of value on the Raiders as well. So, Brett, of course, uh, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. out for the season. He's going to be placed by Rashard Higgins. It looks like uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's one of their rookie wide receivers, is going to start to play into the into the rotation a little bit more where he was basically standing on the sidelines the majority of the time for this Browns team. There are people out there who have at least floated the notion that this might be better for uh, Baker Mayfield because there's not the pressure to get the ball to Odell Beckham. And while I I don't completely dismiss that because 
Odell is one of the more vocal, one of the bigger presences on the sideline in all the NFL. And, you know, I think we forget Baker Mayfield's, I mean, you know, he's, he's only been in the league a couple of years, you know, it's not like he's this veteran dude or anything like that. And Odell comes up and says, you're going to throw me the ball on this friggin' drive. And it probably makes him nervous, you know? And like, so I'm not completely dismissing that, that he might could at least be more calm and, and spread the ball out more without Odell out on the field. But two and a half point favorites, 50 and a half in really, really terrible conditions in Cleveland. I don't know if this is maybe the breakout game for Baker, though. No, definitely not. And if there is another positive from the OB, OBJ injury is that they might rely on their tight ends more, which, you know, run run even more 12 personnel. Mm-hmm. And that's what they should be doing this week anyway, if, if it's difficult to throw the football. So expect to see a lot of Njoku and, and Harrison Bryant, who has looked awesome right. so far this year. Just cr- create running lanes for Kareem Hunt because that's how you're going to win this football game. Like metrics tell me that Cleveland should be able to bully Vegas on the ground, but this offense has not been the same without Nick Chubb and Wyatt Teller. So they're going to have to figure out how to really dominate at the line of scrimmage. And this one is Miles Garrett playing. I mean, reports saying that he is going to play. No pass rusher has more of an impact than Garrett. So if he's out, that's a huge upgrade to the Raiders. And like Brad said, I mean, the Raiders should be able to counter with a better passing attack on intermediate throws. Derek Carr has been more accurate than Baker Mayfield on these short throws, which is crazy to say, considering Baker was the accuracy guy coming out of college, but it is what it is. So I keep going back and forth on this one. I don't really have a lean either way, but I think I think Brad's right. I think there is a slight edge to the to the Raiders in this. Part. Yeah, I have the under in my account. Again, I'm I'm playing these weather situations and what this typically does. And guys, I'll just let you know, like how I set this stuff up. If you want to try it on your own. Um what happens is, is we pay attention to this stuff early in the week and the general public does not. And this is all going to come out on Saturday afternoon or Sunday morning that, oh my God, there's a whole lot of crazy weather in these places. And then these totals just absolutely fall through, like just absolutely plummet and bottom out. And you can see these things move four and five points in a relatively short amount of time. And I like to set up pretty decent middle opportunity opportunities. So I like to get in on the under on all of these where I can. And then if I get a nice enough middle, then I just come back in on the over on the other side and, um, and try to hit this thing twice. If I lose the juice, I'll lose the juice. Um, I've done this historic. I've done this for the last decade. Like any of these weather games, when the totals up there, I will go ahead and just auto bet the under it will fall inevitably because everybody overreacts to the stuff. And then I come back in on the over and you'd be surprised how many times you can actually middle these situations. So uh, I'm in on the under on this thing. I think that there's, and honestly, I think the game plan basically says under anyway, like y'all are talking about. I mean, look, if you're, if you're the Raiders, you go out and you, you do what you want to do anyway and dink and dunk and, and use Jacobs. And then if you're, Cleveland on the other side of the ball. I mean, look, so Odell's not there now. So what you have, your deep threat now becomes Donovan Peoples-Jones. And it's like, that's your, you know, your rookie receiver. Are you throwing 50-50 balls to your rookie guy, rookie receiver in these types of conditions and stuff? You're not doing that anyway. So it, it lends to the run game. It lends to the dinks and dunks and kind of methodically driving the ball down the field. So yeah, I'm with you guys a hundred percent on all of this. And um, if anything, maybe the Raiders end up as uh as one of those teaser legs for me as well to get them up through uh 
through eight and a half, which I think is a pretty safe bet in this scenario um, to take them up to to eight and a half. By the way, this total open 55 and a half is down to 50 and a half. Already, yeah. And it could continue to drop. So, yeah, definitely. Like we said, the public yeah. hasn't even started to hit it yet. You know, like they're going to be watching yeah. the pregame shows and then like it's going to show the sideline reporter like blowing around like this or whatever. And then they're going to be like, oh, my God, I had about the under. Uh, yeah. like, there's no way they're going to score but points. It's already it's already yeah. moved. So um, Vikings and the Packers yet another win game almost the exact same forecast that i just gave you for this other one 25 mile an hour sustained winds gusts over 40 miles an hour it's going to be cold as hell there too temperatures in the 30s but of course if the wind is blowing that hard then it feels like it's the 20s out there it's going to be harder to kick it's going to be harder to throw deep the same thing that we were just talking about with this game before so Brett, we're looking at the Packers favored by six. There are There is a five and a half available at FanDuel. It is a total in this one sitting right now at 50. You can get a 51 out there in this one as well. Are we just repeating what we said about last game? Yeah, I guess. The, the, these two teams are so bad against the runs, so I could actually see this one getting over just, <laughs> just based on the run because game. of the success rates on the run. Honestly, I mean, it's already fallen from what, 57, 56. So I don't know. Maybe there is some value on the over. This one's super interesting, though. Like I, I liked the Vikings in the first match of this season. I severely underestimated the deficiencies in that Minnesota secondary. And if you look at this injury report, there's nobody left in this Minnesota secondary. So that would be a huge advantage to Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in this Packers passing offense, but can they capitalize in these weather conditions? That's the question. But like I said, Green Bay should be able to get a lot of chunk yards on the ground here. Huge mismatch in the trenches. A lot of talk about how bad Green Bay is against the run, and they are, but Minnesota hasn't been able to stop anybody on the ground. And you know, now Daniel Hunter not going to play. Their, Yannick Ngakwe is gone. That's their only pass rusher. Like, they have nothing left on this defense. So I thought seven was a pretty fair number. Uh, even if they are playing next to a wind turbine, yeah. uh, as it continues to fall, I, I like green Bay more and more. I just, this Vikings defense is just so beat up right now. Brad, it looks like Dalvin cook is on the good side of questionable. It looks like Aaron Jones is on the bad side of questionable. So it looks like Dalvin cook will be back. looks like Aaron Jones is going to miss again. They do have other guys back there. They've got Dylan, they've got Williams. So they, it's not like the Packers are hurting at running back without Aaron Jones, but I don't think that anyone would say that, that those guys are Aaron Jones. He is certainly better than those guys, but uh, we've seen what the Packers are able to do. When he's not out there the last week, they went out and handled their business like, uh, like you know, look like the offense was just running like like normal. Um, is the same handicap for you in this one? Yeah, bet the under, bet the yeah. under, and walk the dog and come back and watch it be twenty thirteen. <laughs> because like, yeah, they they might be bad stopping the run, but at the end of the day. In the NFL, stopping the run is a numbers game. Like if you put eight in the box, you will give up fewer yards per carry than mm-hmm. if you put six in the box. And and if you can't throw the ball, which we we don't think you will be able to, then you'll be able to stop the run essentially. Um, I think it's interesting because I, I would have loved the Packers without the wind because the 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 Vikings will get zero pass rush. We saw that in game mm-hmm. one. They've got even fewer pass rushes now against this Green Bay offensive line. And also the Vikings are banged up in the secondary. I think they're going to be missing at least two of their top four corners here. So it's tricky for me because I 
I don't know how bad they can be. Like, will, will the wind be enough to help them? My my view in general is that the wind is just the factor. Like, yeah. the, whatever whatever matchups are happening on the pitch, it, it doesn't matter because you, if you can't throw the ball 15 yards downfield, it, it doesn't matter. Um, so I've stayed away from the side and, and just bet the under. Um, but if it does drop for whatever reason, then I think Rogers can can do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, I that five and a half is certainly tempting on the Packers side. Um, that five and a half now that it's under six, uh, five and a half certainly tempting and might actually get into my account here before it's all said and done. Uh, Steelers and the Ravens. This is the game of the week. This is the game everyone's going to be talking about. This is the battle of the undefeated in the Steelers, a team that everyone considers to be at least in the top three in the Ravens. Ravens are now, so this game, this thing opened at five and a half. Quickly, everybody took the Steelers. This thing goes all the way down, bounces off a of three, comes back to three and a half, and now is settling in at four. And Brad, we've got this Steelers team that we know what they're about. They are about fierce defense. They are about making it uncomfortable on quarterbacks. And they are about Big Ben getting the ball out of his hands quickly. And, um, you know, that's going to negate a lot of what the Ravens do because the Ravens like to bring a ton of pressure and nobody is throwing the ball faster than, than Ben Roethlisberger is so far this year. Has more touchdowns on under two and a half second uh, dropbacks than any other quarterback in the league so far this year. And I think that they have figured out how to – I'm not going to say obviously declining skill set, but I will say, look, he's on the bad side of 35, right? I mean, Ben Roethlisberger's pretty old, but I think that they figured out a pretty decent formula to at least maximize what he's got left in the tank, and it's worked so far. What do you think about the Steelers catching four on the road at the Ravens? Uh, yeah, so I, you know, I agree with what you said there, that perhaps <laughs> Pittsburgh, this Pittsburgh offense spread it around is is probably ideally suited to take on this kind of blitz-heavy Ravens attack. Um, I think Big Ben, he's completing 70% of his passes against the blitz this year. Um, and so you compare that to Lamar Jackson because this, so we've got the mm -hmm. most blitz-happy defences in the league. So we think Big Ben's going to be pretty good against the blitz because he's getting out so quick. Lamar's been pretty bad against the blitz this year. 59% completion, 5.6 yards per attempt, uh, pass rating of 71.8. Um, two touchdowns, two interceptions. So pretty bad. That's the that's the third lowest passer rating in the NFL against the Blitz. Um, and then, so it, it's not just the scheme. Like they they haven't properly replaced Marshall Yander this year. That they're still weak at, at guard. And you know everyone talks about the Steelers D line and kind of the the edge rushers. Um, but they're also really strong at defensive tackle with, with Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuitt in there. So. I think I, I really don't see the Ravens having that much success moving the ball. Um, just in, again, since week three, R Ravens passing offense, 31st in success rate, 26th in EPA per drop back. So that they're, they're bad, essentially. Mm -hmm. they're, they're really quite bad. Some of that is maybe Lamar had that knee injury, which, which may have hindered him. Um, so I think everything really suggests Beck the Steelers. One reason I wouldn't go nuts is literally just um, the Ravens off of by John Harbour, nine and three against the spread. Um, you know, and like we were saying about Frank Reich, I do think a, a good coach with extra time is is a sort of material advantage. And especially with the Steelers having that big physical game last week against the Titans, I would be somewhat concerned by that. Um, so a four would probably lean to the Steelers, but wouldn't be going nuts just because who knows what Harbaugh's got up his sleeves. 
Brett, I uh, so here's I only have one big bet that I've made so far in uh, in my account. I have this one. I have this in a really, really, really big teaser leg uh, with another game that we'll talk about a little bit later. So I have the Steelers. I was able to catch it on the way down. I didn't get it. I didn't get it at the best number, but I did get it at least at four and a half to bring it up to ten and a half. So I have the Steelers plus ten and a half in. Uh, in a teaser leg, I feel like this Ravens team, everything that Brad just said, like I like the Raven, I like the Steelers anyway at plus four, but I certainly love them at 10 and a half because I don't think this Ravens team in this iteration against a defense as good as the Steelers is built to beat anybody by two scores. They want to keep the ball on the ground. They want to play pretty slow. They're not passing efficiently at all as it is anyway. So it's not really built for this explosive type thing where you might look up and you're like, Oh hell, three plays of 70 yards and next thing you know like you know they're up they're up 21 points. That's just not really how this Ravens team offense has really worked so far this year. I can't imagine that they've changed all that much over the course of a bye week. I'm sure they'll have a few tricks up their sleeve here. Um but talent versus talent uh, you know, give me the give me the really good defense against the guy that's kind of a shaky passer. Like, I mean, it's it's a, just a different NFL these days. You know, like if this was talent versus talent, and you have you know Aaron Rodgers back there or something, or you know, even if hell, even at forty three, Tom Brady, would it be, might my my view would be different. But in this particular matchup, I I like I favor the Steelers defense. I'm with you. Yeah, I think the blue the blue the blueprint for Lamar Jackson is out, right? I mean, the Ravens aren't what they were on offense just last mm-hmm. year. Like Brad, like Brad already mentioned some of the metrics. They're also 16th and third down conversion. They're 18th in red zone efficiency. Defenses are bringing safeties to stack the box to defend the run. And the Ravens aren't doing a good job of going over the top. Jackson, 14 of 38 on balls that have traveled 15 yards or longer. That's 28th in the NFL. They, they can't, they can't beat people deep, which makes it so much easier to defend them. So until Jackson's mobility is, is, is utilized like it was last mm-hmm. year, I can't, I can't back them. And this is just, it looks like a great spot for the Steelers at this, especially at this number above three. So but yeah, I'm with you guys on that one. Yeah. I wish I'd have hit it. I wish I'd have hit it when it first came out on the way down, but at least I caught it before it had com- com- completely bottomed out. Um, <clears throat> This is a game I will be, I don't have any idea why I want to stay away from this game as much as I do, but I do. Chargers and the Broncos, the Chargers are three, three and a half point road favorites over the Broncos. As bad as the Broncos have looked, Brett, I still, whatever, for whatever reason, don't want any part of this game on the Chargers. Um, 44 and a half is the total. Maybe if you believe that, the Chargers get after Drew Locke. They're not able to do anything on offense. This Chargers team seems like they're only scoring on these like splash plays, right? The long sustained drives aren't really there, but they're they're kind of just scoring on these, you know, you need like a 40-yarder in there, a 50-yarder in there before they're able to score touchdowns. Maybe you take a look at the under. I don't know, but this was one of the first games I crossed off this week. Yeah, I don't have a heavy lean on this one either. It's just, uh, you know, I tend to try to fade Herbert. I mean, I was fading him as a huge favorite at home, and I don't love the idea of of taking him as a a favorite on the road either. 
the big thing here is the the Chargers defensive line against the Broncos offensive line. What I saw last week from the Chargers was the pass rush of old with Bosa and Ingram just creating havoc against a bad offensive line. And the competition doesn't get a whole lot tougher here. The Broncos are grading near the bottom of the NFL mm-hmm. in pass blocking. So that's the big uh, difference maker uh, and kind of why I'm leaning Chargers at three if you can get it. But. Yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to back Herbert as, as a road favorite, even though, you know, we're talking, we're talking about home field advantage, not really mattering yeah. as much. You're still going into Denver. He's never yep. played up there before. So I'm, I'm just staying away from this one. Brad, there is a flat three out there. If you would want it on the chargers, there is a three and a half if you'd want it on the Broncos. So you can kind of figure out how you want to go about playing, playing this one total 45 and a half. What are your thoughts on the chargers on the road at the Broncos? Yeah, not a huge view either mm-hmm. way. Um, we'll probably lean Chargers minus three if you can get that. Um, I, I'm starting to think Herbert is legit. Um, you know, <laughs> he's 13th uh, PFF grade from a clean pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, he, he's been doing this explosive stuff for, for a month now. So yeah. I'm kind of inclined to think that might be who he is. You know, the, he's got he's got this great arm. He's he's standing in the pocket. He's, he's, he's mobile as well, so he can buy himself time. And, you know, I, I think we, <laughs> I don't want to bet against him anymore, if you know what I mean. I think he might be a real, a real good prospect. Um, for the total, they've kind of set him free a bit. They were very run heavy in his first three games. But since then, they've they've switched to being one of the more pass-heavy teams over the last couple of weeks. They've sped up the pace um, over the last month. Chargers games have the sixth most snaps um, in the NFL. And then the Broncos, they're, they're very good against the run. PFF's third-graded run defense. Um, so they, they face a lot of passing as well. So I think we might see the Chargers go quite quick and, and air it out, which uh, does favor the over. So here's another wind game and uh, the Saints are on the road at the Bears. Again, same deal. 25-ish mile an hour sustained winds. Gus up to 40 miles an hour. Um, People have questioned Drew Brees' arm strength for deep passes. Well, here's the thing. He doesn't throw them anyway. So you don't really have to worry about that. So I, I guess where I'm my, my lead in to this, Brad is the fact that I don't know if you really view this saints offense all that differently in the heavy wind, because literally drew Brees is not throwing 20 yard passes down the field as it is anyway. I mean, this is the definition of a dink and dunk offense right now. Try to get Camara into space hit Jared cook for the little seven yard, you know, passes on the tight end. Like there's just not a lot that I think changes from an offensive standpoint for the saints all that much in this game. We watched the bears just, you know, trip over their trip over their own, you know, whatever you want to say right there. I'm not, gonna, but uh, yeah, trying to score points uh, this past week and just looking absolutely inept. And this is kind of the team. I think we thought that they were, from the the whole time, right? We thought that that was a paper tiger of a record and, and it really showed out this past week and Nick Foles can't do anything. I mean, there were, there were opportunities for him to make plays. There were opportunities for him to hit guys down the field and he was just not able to do it. The Saints are going to head in and this is where this, uh, this is pretty interesting. So you can find everything from four and a half all the way to five and a half and everything in between. So there's a four and a half. There's a five at points bet. There's a five and a half at FanDuel. There's a four and a half at DraftKings. So you can kind of pick your number depending on which side you want to play in this one total of 43 and a half. 
Yep, start with bet the under. Uh, yeah, <laughs> got we got our wind, and and so again the handicap is who, who's better at the short passing game and who's who's better at running the ball and stopping the run, um, and the Saints are better at, at all of those things <laughs> essentially. So tenth 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 uh, rush offense by Pierre, by DVOA against the 29th rush offense by DVOA, um, and I think the Saints probably nullify. That that offensive line is, is strong enough to nullify what the the Bears do well, which is rush the passer. That's kind of the real strength of the team is that D line. And I, I, I've watched these games quite closely the last couple of years. They faced off, and as, as soon as you take that Bears pass rush away, the, the Saints just marched up and down the field against these Bears. Um, and I think we probably see more of the same. And and as you say, if if Breeze is just dumping it off to Kamara, it doesn't really matter how much wind there is. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's a five yard pass. So yeah, I, I think they move the ball quite nicely. Um, so yeah, Saints minus four and a half. You can get that. I like and uh, under 43 and a half again. They, they, they both play slow. They both run the ball a lot. They both be forced to run the ball a lot and they're, there's not, they're not going to be hitting any deep passes. So just a lot of clock. So yeah, under in Saints for me. So Brett, I mean, look, I think the game plan, I, look, we're, we're just some schlubs here talking, you know, on, on podcast about this, but I mean, look, you put Marshawn Lattimore on uh, on Allen Robinson. You play eight no in the Robinson. You, you, you play eight in the what's that? Uh, uh, Rob, Robinson's out, I believe. Is he out? Yeah, I think so. Oh wow! All right. Well, then that completely changes. Um, that completely changes how that is going to go. Yeah, I mean, he yeah he missed. Yeah, he hasn't practiced. He has not practiced. Khalil Mack was out of practice all week as well. Yeah. Interesting. Well, then you don't even have oh to put goodness. him on. You don't even have to man him up then, Brad. I mean, like, it's it's like if you watch, they which they did, and they have the tape, whatever, you just load the box and you say, okay, Nick Foles, if you can beat us passing the ball and you can beat us passing the ball in this wind, then by all means, you deserve, you deserve to win. Like, I would just dare Nick Foles to try and beat me through the air in this wind. I think the game plan writes itself for the, for the saints. I think this lines up perfectly for this team. I think that I, I don't, I can't even imagine really a better scenario than Nick Foles having to try to beat you in a windy scenario. And you just basically lining up and selling out to a bad run offense as it is anyway. Uh, I, I really, really like the saints in this spot. Yeah, this is my favorite spot of the week. Yeah. Uh, everything you guys said, uh, you know, a game where neither quarterback will be able to throw accurately down the field. But like you said, Breeze doesn't throw downfield anyway. 1.3 deep pass attempts per game. Foles, 5.3. He throws the fifth most deep balls in the NFL. I mean, that's just who he is. So if New Orleans is able to jump out to a lead, you got Nick Foles flinging the ball around in really poor <laughs> passing conditions. Uh, also a very good New Orleans rushing offense against the Bears defense that is average at best against the run, likely to be without Khalil Mack again this week. I need to rush to the sports book after this podcast to get it <laughs> before it moves. Yeah. Uh, because this, yeah, I, I, this is, this will definitely be making my card. Uh, Saints minus four and a half. Michael Thomas did return to practice, we should add. So if anything, it's a good sign for the Saints that he, sh- he uh, looks like he might be out there. As well, 49ers and the Seahawks, the 49ers are getting healthier, question mark, and then they get injured again and then they get healthier and then they get injured again. And it just continues to be this cycle of them never being able to actually get healthy. Brett, they're going to be without Debo Samuel this week. So Brandon Ayuk is really going to have to step up as a which he did last week uh, over 100 yards receiving for them. 
uh, a guy that they took an early draft pick on. And so he's going to have to step up and, and really kind of be the alpha there for the 49ers. We know the story with the Seahawks team. It played out yet again this past week. They can score a lot of points, but they allow everybody else to score a lot of points as well, which is why we're looking at a total of 53 and a half or 54 in this game as we sit right now. Seahawks favored by three, two and a half is out there, I think, at a book or two. What do you like in this one? I see this as a pretty good spot to sell high in the 49ers. Mm -hmm. I mean, do I trust Jimmy G to throw the football against this defense? That's how you attack the the Seahawks. I don't really trust Garoppolo all that much to do that. And then on the other side of the ball, you got Russell Wilson against these 49ers corners who can be exploited. Um, I like Seattle quite a bit here. Brad, I wanted to like the 49ers in this situation, but without Debo Samuel, I think this is, there's a couple of things that happens here. One, you're asking a lot of a rookie receiver in IU to kind of become the the overnight alpha there in this in this situation. And then two, Debo also brings just a lot of di- different dynamic to the offense as well. They use him in these like jet sweep things. They He's able to run. He actually has a which I don't think was the scouting report coming out of college, but he actually has a pretty good route tree. I mean, you'll see this guy coming across the middle. You can see him going deep. Like he, he's got a pretty good and diverse skill set when it comes to being a receiver. Not having him out there, I think, is a pretty big knock on the 49ers offense for me, which is another reason I, w- I wanted to like the over in this one too, but I haven't quite gotten there yet. Can you talk me into anything? Um, no, I'll, so I'll be honest, I have bet Seahawks minus three, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if I like it, to be honest. <laughs> I might get out of it before game day. Um, because, you know, initially I was thinking that the, 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 the 49ers, as you said, they weren't set up to attack the weakness of the Seahawks mm-hmm. defense, which is, you know, you want to throw deep on them. But then I, I thought about it some more and I thought that Shanahan has made a living out of just destroying this cover three zone that the, the Seahawks run. So I, I, I do think that the 49ers will score their points. Um, I, I think probably the key to the offense is George Kittle. Um, mm-hmm. and, and as long as he's out there, I, I'm confident they can they can move the ball somewhat. So I would probably, like you, Matt, I'll probably lean towards the over. So I think the Seahawks are like the perfect over team. Yeah. So they, they throw the ball early and often. They throw deep. They play quick. And then defensively, they stop the run. So they force you to throw the ball. Um, so I think probably that there's probably a shade of value on over 54. Um, that, that'd be one I would look into more because I've, I've not bet it myself, but, um, just, just chatting here, that, that would be where I would lean. I think. Yeah. Same with me. That's uh, that one might end up in my account that way. I don't know if I'll end up playing a side or not. Uh, I'm sure everyone's really looking forward to watching this Cowboys and Eagles game. Uh, I'm sure you just can't wait to, to see what's going to be out on the field. For this one, uh, Brad, I'll start with you. I, I have no interest in this game whatsoever. Uh, Eagles are nine-point favorites. We know the situation with the Cowboys. We don't really know what to expect at the quarterback position. The total sitting at 43. Um, yeah, this, uh, yeah, ni- a nine-point spread between this pathetic Eagles team and a, and a Cowboys game. I just, uh, I don't know. You, you, you tell me how I should bet this thing because I don't, I don't have a clue. I think I think this is probably one where it's Eagles or pass, and I think mm-hmm. it's probably one you wake up on Monday morning or whenever they're playing this game, and you go, "Why didn't I back the Eagles here?" <laughs> because so so the Cowboys they are getting some pieces back on the offensive line. Um, but they're still down to their third string left tackle. They're still you know backups at three of the five spots, and obviously we saw last week what a good defensive line in the Redskins did to the Cowboys. Um, 
So I, I think the Eagles are going to have lots of pressure and that's just not a good combination when you've got this sort of rookie quarterback who's never, never, never really seen, you know, the pace yeah. of the NFL. Like his first play last week, he couldn't even complete a toss play to Zeke Elliott. He missed him and they fumbled it. So he's going to be more prepared than that. But, you know, th- there's a reason he is this mm-hmm. like undrafted seventh round rookie or whatever he is. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I think the Cowboys are the worst team in the NFL. You know, they, they were carried by their weapons, a, a decent offensive line at the start of the year in Dak. And with, without Dak and the offensive line, you can't get the ball to the weapons. So then you've just got the worst defense in the league and a rookie quarterback who, who's probably terrible. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably lay the points with the Eagles, if anything. Yeah, Brett, it's uh, this thing's been on the climb. Obviously, the this has gone from seven to eight to nine. Now it's nine and a half at FanDuel. It's at 10 at points bet. Has already gotten to 10. And the Eagles are a 10-point favorite in a football game in week eight of 2020 with after with what we've seen so far this year. Um what what do you how do you feel about this one if you feel any way at all? I already got duped into them. Cowboys marketplace once. I felt like they were a good marketplace last week. I can't do it again, especially with this Danucci, a James Madison guy didn't even play Division One A football. Like I, I don't know what this guy is, so I'm staying away from it. I think probably the Eagles are the right side of this current. I know, number, I know. Side note here, guys, and this is we're not going to do sports talk radio stuff here or whatever. We'll we'll keep this to one minute, but. If you play in that division and it is as bad as it as advertised, we know this. It is as bad as advertised. If you're the Cowboys, do you not call the Dolphins and see if they'll trade you Ryan Fitzpatrick? Could you not win this division with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback? Because I feel like you could. You definitely could. You definitely could. Like we saw what he did with the bottom three offensive line in Miami. He's got, he's got the most efficient yeah. offense in the league. Just go and get him. And it's, it's it's a very similar team then. Weak offensive line with great weapons. So get Fitzmagic in there to sling it out there quickly. And yeah, you can definitely win the division. I mean, uh, Brett, uh, Fitzpatrick with Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and Zeke Elliott. It, like, could you, could you imagine? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand what they're doing. I, 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 go get anybody. Yeah, I know. I mean, seriously, you could literally go get almost any other quarterback on the street right now. And it would be it would be better than the situation that you're putting out there. This is unreal. All right. So Monday night, let's close things out here. Bucks and the Giants. I told you I have one massive bet in my account so far this week. It is this. So I have the Steelers up to ten and a half point dogs. I took the Bucks down from 10 and a half point favorites to four and a half point favorites in this one. And that is my six point teaser leg that I will have a very good or very bad week. Should that get home for me? Now this line has climbed from 10 and a half up to, uh, up to 12 at DraftKings. It's 11 and a half at FanDuel 12 at points bet as well out there. So this thing is getting some buck support on the news that the giants had to send home some of their offensive linemen due to COVID concerns and all that. Does that really matter? Is it really a situation where you want to move the line of a point and a half because the giants of all teams like had to send some people home? I don't know, maybe a bit of an overreaction um, with all of that, but um Brett, I, what do you think? I'm uh, I've taken this ten and a half. I've brought it down to four and a half. I think the Bucks are the second best team in all the NFL behind the Chiefs. So I am pretty bullish on this Bucks team overall. I think top to bottom, 
You are um, looking at one of the most complete teams from a defensive standpoint to an offensive standpoint to run in the ball, to pass in the ball, to everything. Now, I understand Godwin going to miss this game, but um, this is about as soft a landing spot as you could ask for if you're going to be without Chris Godwin. I want to love the Giants here. They've actually been competitive against good teams this year. That might just be good teams playing down to bad competition, but who cares? We just have to cover a big number. That said... The matchup here between the Giants offensive line and the Bucks pass rush is about as wide as you can imagine. So I'm hesitant to like take the points here because they might not be enough. I don't know what to do. I'm definitely going to look into this more. It's a game that I, I'm I want to talk myself into betting the Giants here, mm-hmm. but I haven't gotten there yet. So I don't know. Maybe you guys can maybe you guys can talk me off the ledge. Um there's, you know, I don't think it's going to climb anymore because I think that a lot of those guys that were uh, quarantined got cleared this morning. Um, so it looks like, I, I, you know, if this thing had gotten to 13, 14, maybe you then could see me coming in on the giant side. If anything, this probably starts to fall again now that these guys got cleared. So Brad, I don't know. I, I guess I all I can say is if you like the 12 that is available at points bet, you might want to go ahead and get after it because I can't imagine it's going to climb anymore now that it seems like some positive news came out for the Giants. Um, yeah, I prefer the Buck side, to be honest. So mm-hmm. um, if if you are right, then it might be worth waiting. Um, yeah, it's kind of what Brett said. I think both 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 lines of the scrim- both lines of scrimmage are going to be dominated by the Bucks. Um, mm-hmm. Giants have got the the thirty first ranked offensive line by a pass block win rate, um, and we kind of know all about what the Bucks do up front. Um, you know, just personnel wise, I don't think there's any any Giants receivers that can can get free from their respective cornerbacks out there. And then the other side of the ball. The the Giants don't even rush the passer, so mm-hmm. Brady's going to have all day back there. The concern, if you're going to be laying twelve, is is this lack of weapons because Evans is probably still a bit banged up with that ankle. He, he's not really been getting targeted. It has been a lot of Chris Godwin, um, and he's out as you say. So it's it's going to be Gronk. It's going to be Scotty Miller. It's going to be a banged up Mike Evans, which is possibly not ideal if you're trying to lay twelve. But if this gets back down to ten, that mm-hmm. would be that would be a buy point for me. Guys, uh, as I said, just kind of recapping on my end, I have a big teaser on the Bucks and the Steelers, and I really, really love the Saints side this week against this pathetic Bears team in this wind where I'm going to dare Nick Foles to beat me through the air. He couldn't do it in okay, can, he couldn't do it in okay conditions this past week, so try and do it to me in these horrible conditions. Uh, those are kind of where I'm looking this week. And, of course, all those win games we were talking about, I have been on the under a lot of times in those games uh brett where are you looking this week as far as uh your kind of best plays of the week i like a lot of road teams this Mm -hmm. week talked about the jets i think that's i think that's just way too many points (laughs) i don't think i don't think the chiefs are really going to show up for this game so i'll gladly take the three scores uh, on the Jets side there Uh, new orleans is my favorite play of the week will definitely make my card will definitely make my account is if i can get down to the book even at five Five and a half. I still like the Saints at that number, but I would prefer the four and a half. Uh, The Patriots, I'm taking the plus three and a half, plus four. I I just think they have the edge in these conditions. And the other one is the Steelers. I don't know if it'll make my account, but it'll it'll probably make my circuit card. Uh, I just think that's I think they might be the better team. 
Brad, what are you looking at this week That's as it. far as your uh, your kind of rundown of where you're going to be? Yep. So I'll just well, so I've backed uh, Indy minus two and a half. Lay a bit of juice. Might have to go to minus one twenty for that. Um, I like have back to the Titans minus five and a half. Uh, the Raiders on the money line, probably get around 2.2, something like that. And then the Saints minus four and a half as well. Guys, this is uh, this is going to be a weird week, interesting week, all kinds of weather situations that are going to affect everything. Um, and, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, we're Friday. No, no COVID situation so far. We're kind of, we're on track to play, you know, so that, that thing can always pop up, but hopefully we can get through a week without some sort of COVID situation playing a major factor in all this. Of course, we have all the game previews over at thelines.com, so be sure and head over there. You want a written version of any of this stuff, and um, head over to the YouTube page as well, uh, backslash play picks for that. Be sure and subscribe. We get some. Uh, we we get we do all the island games on there. Do a breakdown. Look at the player props and and whatnot. And then, of course, if you need an account, we just we just told you the differences between you know the juice at the certain places. The totals are different. The 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 spreads are different. So you need multiple accounts to make sure that you're getting the best odds that you can possibly get. So uh, just click on, there's a little state thing at the top of the lines. Just click on your state and whatever state you live in has legal betting. You're going to get the very best sign up offers, free money, match bets, all the different things like that in any of the books out there. So uh, take advantage of that. We don't get often uh, the opportunity to take advantage of the sports books. They want to take advantage of us. So uh, if they give you free money or a free bet or a match bet or a deposit bonus, uh, you certainly want to get the best offers that they can give you for all those. For Brett, for Brad, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.